time of reflection or meditation to say not just who am I and not just what was I made for, but, but what is it I'm called to do today? Welcome to the Meaningful Jobs podcast season two. I'm your host, Adrian. And today we are extremely honored um, to welcome Tom into the podcast. How are you, Tom? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Can you, um, first of all, maybe talk us through um, you know, your background and what you're doing now? Sure. So uh, background has kind of been all over the map. Uh, after yeah. university, I spent, uh, I'm American. I spent uh, 12 years in the, in the uh, uh, U.S. Marines as an officer. Uh, got out, went into corporate world, became a partner with Ernst & Young Consulting, ran, then left, ran my own company for about 12 years, and I'm now the co-CEO of the Halftime Institute uh, in Dallas. Awesome. You, you've, um, that, that's, you know, quite a big change <laughs> from Marine to the corporate world, you know, to your own business, um, because I've heard a lot of stories about, you know, Marines or, um, you know, armies or vets who struggle to actually yeah. get into yeah. society after their work. So could you tell us how you manage such, you know, a smooth, I don't know if it's a smooth transition, but at least you made it in the end. That's right. Well, you know, it's, it's a continual transition. I mean, I'm, uh, you know, I'm old enough now to look, look back more than I look forward. And, and yeah, I can see just kind of a path of continual sort of refinement on who I am and being able to do what I feel called or made to do, right? And so yeah. Yeah. now I'm as excited as I've ever been every day when I wake up, what I get to do. And 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 it kind of had the same feeling in most of my career paths, but 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 just more and more figuring out who I am, what I feel like again, I was created to do, and then coming into a a, a place that allowed me to play to that more and more. So it was really sort of an evolution. You know, right. it, it's definitely had its ups and downs, but uh, mm-hmm. but it's continued to be on a good trajectory. So how did you get into the Marines in the first place? So uh, my dad had been a career Air Force officer and right. I, I was at university. So I was I was familiar with the military. I was at university. I, I was not sure what I wanted to do. I was studying to maybe be a school teacher. And uh, a friend of mine had gone through a program where he was able to go in after college as an officer of the Marines. I didn't know it was an option. Yeah. I realized it was. And I was a pretty average student. Mm-hmm. I still wanted challenge in my life. I wanted some adventure. And that looked like a pretty good way to get it. So uh, right. off I went. Yeah. Well, it, it must be an adventure. But, you know, was it a good one or a bad one? Yeah. Well, in, in my case, it, it was all good. I, um, you know, I made four six-month deployments. I missed the birth of two kids. I was in a lot of combat uh, units, but I never saw combat. I was just in during a time where there wasn't much fighting. And, uh, you know, looking back on it was really kind of protected and glad I didn't have to, you know. And and so so got to do, you know, meet some great people, do some exciting things, travel the world, uh, and and was able to do that without getting shot at. So it was not bad. (laughs) Were you stations all over the world? Because I heard you so, can actually choose, right? 
Yeah, so I was I was stationed mostly on the east coast of the U.S. Uh, and North Carolina was the main Marine base, but we deployed to the Mediterranean. Made four deployments to the Mediterranean. So uh, was was you know around the Middle East, around uh, Southern Europe, those kind of places. I see. I see. So you know, after being in the Marine for twelve years, mm -hmm. um, how did you get into consultancy? Because I don't think it's um, they, I don't think because I think you went to EY, right? But I don't think these big four consultancies accept. Um, yeah, so so it was a path to get there. So so yeah. I um, uh, I was I was up for promotion to major, and I got passed over for promotion. When that happens, you can you can stick around a year and try again. But right. I just really felt that was kind of a leading to get out. But I'm pretty good at strategy and putting pieces together. Mm -hmm. And and Ernst and Young at the time was starting a new outsourcing practice, and they were looking for a handful of uh, individuals to join directly as partners to start this new global practice. And I was fortunate enough to be one of those. So that that got me into consulting, and then from there, I discovered kind of a niche around collaborative work and around uh, collaborative strategy that I just really fell in love with. And eventually then started my own company just to focus on that type of consulting. Right, right. So um, what are the challenges, you would say, transitioning out you know, of, a, of a Marine? Yeah, you know, any transition is always a challenge of, of trying to figure out. I, I think there are two big challenges. The first, and they kind of What is what that, uh, um, the, the, what 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 you've got with the skills, the things you've done? Are they gonna are they applicable in your new role and and where you're going? Is that gonna be a value? And are there things that you did or habits you had that you need to drop behind? Right, that's one that's one decision you need to make. Uh, the 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 second part then uh, is to say every new every new uh, new thing you try, there's gonna be a dip. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and you've got to be ready for it. And, and you have to, in fact, embrace it. If you don't have some dip in performance, you're not going to grow to another level. Mm. And so you have to just be ready to not be, you know, typically you're, you're almost at the top of your game and then you start something new. Mm -hmm. And it's a little scary to not be at the top of your game anymore because you're trying to, you know, like, like when I started my own company, it was very different than working for a big you know, a big firm. So mm -hmm. I, I think mean, those two things, if you can weather that, uh, you can, you know, keep moving. Um, so Tom, so you were talking about, you know, how you completed your Marine training and transitioned out to the corporate world. Could yeah. you talk us through, you know, some of the difficulties you face and your, you know, career trajectory after out of being out of the Marine? Yeah. So, so a couple of things happened, you know, throughout my uh, life. I mean, the Marines was a, was a, uh, getting out, I was passed over for promotion. So it was not my choice. Well, it sort of was, I, I could have stayed in and tried and I decided, no, it was really time to, to move on and, and do something else. So, yeah. so I was confronted with something I wasn't expecting. I thought I'd do a whole career like my dad had done in the air force. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. And, and, um, but, but as I got out, you know, I, uh, I was able to, I got hired by EDS, which is a large IT outsourcing company. And right. I was working on $100 million outsourcing deals, really large outsourcing deals. 
mm -hmm. uh, quickly realized I was not a deal guy. Mm. You know, I, I just don't really think that way. And and so that was a uh, that that was a time in my life where where I was I, I didn't feel sort of you know. I didn't feel the work was meaningful. I didn't feel fully alive. I felt kind of like I was going through the motions. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but what I discovered is I might not have been really good at deals, but I was pretty good at strategy and putting things together. Right. And, you know, then that led to the next, next step in the career when Ernst & Young was looking to start a new, new practice and that fit my skills better. Right. I see. Um, you know, I've got, you know, some corporate friends as well who do struggle a lot or they tell or they tell me stories about their colleagues struggling a lot and um, despite being you know in a really prestigious uh, company um what advice would you have for people who might be at a really stable job at a good company yeah. but yeah. isn't finding any meaning in what they do well you know it's so so jumping ahead a little bit but i think it fits here at the halftime institute we help people really kind of find and live out their calling right and, Right. And, and what we would say is that you need to get free or excuse me, get clear, get free and get going. Yeah. And so the first thing is about getting clear on who you are, what your strengths are, how you like to work, what your passions mm -hmm. are, your mm -hmm. gifts, your abilities. When you get clear on what you feel you were made to do, then you can get free from things holding you back and then you can get mm -hmm. going. So if you're at a big job, you, you know, the, the question is, does it really fit who you are? Right, right. And, and, and if, if, you, if it doesn't, then you're probably never going to be happy. But can you find meaningful activity maybe outside of work? Mm. In that case, right? You need the job, you're able to stay there, but you're able to work your schedule enough that you can find something meaningful outside. Or if you're fortunate enough, you're able to find a, a job that will maybe it didn't have the title and the prestige you wanted, but it'll still give you the lifestyle you want, but allow you to do something that really fits who you are and is more meaningful for you. So it's, it's always a bit of a balance and it, it's not an e necessarily an either or thing. Mm. You know, there are a million different ways that you can, you can have a job and then have a passion or, you know, uh, you don't have to like quit, you know, quit corporate world and, and, right. and, you know, work for nothing in a nonprofit, right? There's a yeah. lot of ways to be able to do both. But I think that's the, if you don't know who you are, though, then, then you can find yourself just being drawn from one opportunity to another. Mm. You know, and, and, and think maybe if I, if this one has a bigger title or a bigger paycheck, that'll make up for how miserable I feel. And it, it almost never does. Right, right. Um, I think, you know, a lot of people, they do think about, um, you know, their meaning of work and life, um, you know, on a frequent basis. But mm -hmm. when you ask them to make a change, then most of the time they stay in the comfort zone. So, you know, um, perhaps you could talk a little bit about, you know, yeah. the Time Institute or, you know, your own ways of, um, you know, approaching a situation uh, where somebody has to make a big decision in their lives. Um, how would you go about it? So, uh, so a couple of things, again, you know, sometimes it can be a hard conversation to um, really take a look at yourself. Mm. You know, what, what do you, what do you feel is important? What do you, what do you feel um, you were made for? Yeah. You know, if, if yeah. you had a, uh, had a purpose, what would, what would that be? Those kind of things. So if it's sometimes it's it's scary to ask yourself that question because once you ask it 
Um, Bob Buford, who was the founder of Halftime, said there was a French poet, I don't remember his name, but he said, when you, when you discover your destiny, if you don't do anything about it, it will follow you like an accusing shadow. <laughs> right. That's so, so, so the, the first thing is, are you willing to kind of confront that and say, mm -hmm. you know, I, 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 uh, I met a guy one time, um, Right. And he had just been laid off. He was older in his 50s, had been laid off from an engineering firm. And he said, you know, I, he said, I'm not sure what I'm going to do, but I'm kind of glad to be free. I never wanted to be an engineer. And I was like, well, gosh, you've been one 15 years. Well, well yeah. why? And he said, well, my dad was an engineer. <laughs> That's what the worst. Um, you know, yeah. instead of thinking, you know, who he was, what he wanted, he was just he was just going down, going down that path. So. So the first thing you need to do is be willing to ask yourself the question. And and yeah. then once, and, and, and it's usually not a, uh, uh, a a loud, direct answer. I know I was going to do this. It's usually more of an iterative process. Mm. Right? Like, like, like at halftime, if somebody came to me and said, uh, I, you know, I'm thinking about, I, I'm, I, I just, I got something on my heart for orphans in Africa. Yeah. Know, well, as they start to explore it, you realize, is it orphans or is it Africa? Mm. Is it orphans or is it the poor? Right. Is it the poor or is it the hungry? Is mm. it, and, and, and as you explore, if you're open, I, I just think, you, you know, things get revealed to you that let you focus in on, oh, this really touches my heart. Yeah, And then once you kind of have a way of doing that, are there things we talk about doing a, um, a low cost probe, right? right? Are, there, are there little things you can try mm. that will both help you refine your thinking and see if there's a possible platform or way for you to live out that passion before yeah. you take the big jump with what you're doing? You know, so right. it's, it's a process, right? And, and, and it's one you can take intentionally but it takes a little effort to do it. You know, it takes a little self-reflection and then it takes a little mm -hmm. effort. Well, just a, a bit of sharing um, from myself. I do usually try and tend, I, I tend to take 15 to 20 minutes every day in my life mm -hmm. uh, just to think about, you know, my meaning, what my career trajectory is going, how can I help people through my role? Um, and based on your personal experience, it can be quite difficult to sometimes take the time out yes not yes. think about anything and just focus you know on your greater you know purpose in life did you did you try and you know do the same thing before um yeah so so one of the things i um uh i in back when i was in high school i started sort of spiritually searching mm. uh, and, and that's always been a part, big part of my life and so as i as i ran into adulthood faith became an important thing to me right and so kind of a daily you know, a daily time of reflection or meditation to say not just who am I and not just what was I made for, but, but what is it I'm called to do today? Right. Now, right. right. You know, make these sort of divine opportunities, right? I think it was John Lennon or something that said, said uh, life happens while you're planning what to do next. <laughs> right. You know, Right. And, 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 and when you think about career paths and you think about your job and you think about, you know, making your quotas or making the monthly numbers or whatever it is, you get on such a treadmill with that, mm. that if you're not intentional enough to take some time to step back from the noise of the day and think of, wow, what, 
not daydream about what I could do, but think mm. about what, what would what would a meaningful life be like? And and, and yeah. you know, if, if you're not even considering that, then it's very hard to think about what you might do that would be meaningful. Right? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, yeah, taking time out is definitely uh, really important, I think. Uh, we, we have a, we have a we have a uh, one of the programs we have. There's a there's a two day gathering where we bring people into a city where there've been a number of halftime people that have started different uh, ministries, nonprofits, businesses, and they they get to see all of them. And 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 the people that are in that program are typically very busy business executives, and they've done these they've 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 uh, blocked out the day and a half to come see what's going on in the city. Yeah, And we asked them, would you like to come in the day before for an optional silent retreat for a day? Right, right. And almost every time these, these executives, business owners, senior officials, every one of them jump on the ability to have a day of silent retreat. Right, right. Because you know, they just don't get that. It's hard to do it themselves. But if we say, if you'll come in, we're going to give you a day just to reflect and think. It, it becomes a, one of the most valuable things they do often. Wow. Okay. So actually, most of them say yes when yes. you ask. The, the vast majority do. Okay, that's a. That's it was a, really a surprise to us, yeah, you know. Yeah. You know, but but it really is a, um, you, you know, it's it again. There's such a frantic pace, and we, we are we and, and when you're not at work, which you can carry twenty four seven, carry home with you, do all those kind of things, the. the you're continually bombarded with information, right? You can just stay at a surface level of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, and not step back to go, wow, what's really important to me? You know, mm -hmm. if, if um, the halftime, uh, Bob Buford wrote the book 25 years ago and, and he, his personal journey is he was very successful. He said, I've been successful. I want to be significant, mm -hmm. you know? And, and what we'd say now is, you know, halftime in the sports vernacular, the way we'd say it is halftime isn't, it, it should just, it should be a time in your life when you can just take a pause yeah. and say, if I keep doing what I'm doing, am I going to end up where I want to be? Mm. Mm. That's a powerful. And, you know, you ask yourself that question, you first have to decide, well, where do I want to be? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then, and then you can start to see, okay, is this going to get me there? And, and, and again, a discussion we, we, we have a tool we call a roadmap, which is kind of like a life plan that guides and, and two of the boxes you fill out. Yeah. One is what is your personal mission statement? What do you feel like you were made to do? Yeah. And the other is what is your personal being statement? Who do you want to become? Hmm. And if you spend some time thinking about those two things, it, it becomes a powerful motivator, right? I mean, if you yeah. just if, if you right now took out a, a, a small card and you wrote on there, I, my mission is to do this, and you yeah. stuck it on your screen, you'd look at it every day and you'd think, is that really what my mission is? And, and if it isn't, how do I change it? And, and now the process has begun, right? Right. So and then if that's what I want to do, then you can do the same thing with who do I want to be? Hmm. You know, and you start to think about that and, and writing it down and thinking about it and growing over time, that, that's what that's what gives you a peace and a, I think a joy in life that, that, you know, it runs over any particular job or accomplishment or those kind of things. So based on your experience in, in these retreats, um, what are the most significant changes you see in, you know, the, the CEOs or executives who participate in them? 
you know, they, they are, they're all over the map. Some, uh, some, it becomes a very spiritual journey. They, they, they find themselves in a, in a place that, that either they had not been before, or maybe they were when they were young and they've reconnected with that. Uh, for others, it's a time of, uh, clarity. I, I can think of one woman who was a very successful executive and, and just, just realized for her, it was time to move on. Wow. Okay. Where, where another one had a real uh, kind of an inspiration. Um, he's, he's a real estate developer and he realized there was a lot of good he could do mm. through his real estate company. Right. You know, so for example, he buys these uh, hotels. He's in Nashville or he buys these old churches, actually. He's turned them into hotels. Right. Every night somebody stays there, pays for a homeless person to have a night in a shelter. Wow. Okay. So see, he used all his real estate skills, his platform he already had to have make a significance in his you know, a, a significant impact in his city versus mm. somebody who who say left and went to a nonprofit and started to do something else. So it right, right. Uh, the the other thing, I, I guess the other thing that happens in almost everyone is they begin to reflect on the relationships in their life. Mm beyond what they have, beyond what they've done, uh, what are, what are the relationships that are important to them? And, yeah. you know, how, how are they really trying to steward them or protect them? Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, you yeah. know, usually you're busy, you, you know, you've got all these protections, you've got insurance for this and you've got, yeah. you know, you know, you've got savings accounts for that and you've got everything, yeah. but, but are you as intentional with a relationship of saying, you know, this is this really is a big deal. This really is important, and and a lot of a lot of very successful people, myself included, have, have put family and relationships on the side to go achieve whatever it was I was driving to achieve. Mm. I think that kind of universally that that hits most people. Well, can you share your personal experience of you know put how negative it was towards your life and other people's lives when you put yourself in the center and your families and relationships aside yeah it's it's a great you know when when i was in the marines and and this is a pattern i picked up from my dad the the sort of mission comes first right and yeah. and yeah. you know i had to deploy i missed the birth of two kids while i was deployed um my wife i've had a great wife we've been married uh next month we'll be married 46 years wow congrats congrats she, thanks she stood by me a long time um but, you know, that kind of mission comes first. It, you kind of understood it when you were in the military, but I get yeah. out and get into business. And I took that same idea, right? The business comes first, yeah. you know? So like we'd go on vacation and she would drive with the family down to the beach and I would always stay for some meeting and then fly down and meet them, mm -hmm. you know, because I had something else I was doing or, or, uh, you, you know, you're, you're, um, it, it it fortunately or uh and, and and i will give my wife all the credit for this our family has been strong and stayed together and we uh um uh she supported me and and and, and the kids i don't they don't feel like i neglected them and that was really because she was so strong with it but mm -hmm. there's also been a lot of time when, when i was there but i really wasn't there right right you know i'm on vacation but i'm on my laptop for a few hours a day that's you know? sad <laughs> it is sad and, sad. and it and it doesn't it, it sometimes it's not the big blow-up thing it just yeah. you look back and realize you've missed a lot of little things 
you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so, so I think that's the, you know, it's a challenge. Anybody who, who, who is, um, is driven yeah. to be driven for all the right reasons, you know, is going to face those kind of challenges. So, so, um, you know, how did you come to the realization that you had to do something about this and, you know, fix the problems you had? It, it, you know, um, I, I would I would honestly say I keep coming to it, right? Yeah. So so now I'm running a nonprofit, but I can I can run off and be just as busy. And yeah, uh, for example, one thing a little story with my wife on the roadmap we have these columns of things that you want to focus on areas of action for the year. Mm-hmm. Last year I had a column that was my wife and our family. Right, right. This year my wife has her own column. Oh, okay. just about what I want to do with her. And I said, okay, I really, I, you know, I asked her what, what she wanted this year. What's her, what's her kind of dream for the year. And, you know, she knows what it is to be a mom. She knows what it is to be a grandma. Um, she, she's rediscovering who she is. Right. And, and so I said, okay, you, you know, I'd like to help you with that. And I started listing things we can do, like, you know, make sure every once a quarter that we get away somewhere and we do all this. Yeah. And I thought I had a pretty good list of things to do. Right. You know? right. And then she said, you know, what ought to be at the top of the list is I just need when you're with me for you to be with me. Wow. And yeah, I was like, wow. So, yeah. you know, yeah. it, I mean, I'm like, once again, mm. you know, because that's the tendency. It's the pull, yeah. you know, of, yeah. of a passion or an excitement, even even for good things. You can yeah. get really off into that. And, and you just, you know, for hopefully... You have, we, all the programs we do are, for example, cohort based because you need a group of friends around you that can say, you know, need to pull you back a little bit. Need this, need to be able to say, you know what, look at what you're doing here, really. Right. You know? And, and, and with that kind of help, it just, you know, there's one more time I'll go back and try to, you know, recalibrate a little bit. So it's basically like a constant struggle between it, multiple inner selves. I guess it, it is. It is. And, and, and you know, the, the, and, and there's nothing wrong with the struggle. I, I heard somebody say one time, you know, somebody said, well, life isn't a, a sprint. It's a marathon. And, and yeah. this other guy said, no, actually, it's a, just a whole bunch of sprints. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, there, there, are, there are times in your life when you're just going to be you're going to be you got to be at it. Yeah. But can you can you intentionally create rhythms Hmm. that will last you for the long run that won't that won't burn you out because you ran too hard too fast or won't won't ruin relationships because you you weren't able to be around for them you know there there, can you can you establish a rhythm that's allows you to do what you want to do and feel called to do but but do it in a healthy enough way that it's sustainable for you and those those that you love would you say you found the key to that already the the rhythm that you're looking for um, I, I, I would say my, uh, I, I, it was probably going to ask my wife, but uh, I would, I would say, yeah. I would say we're in a pretty good spot with that. You know, um, uh, one of the reasons for that, and, and this is, um, uh, I have tried intentionally in the last few years to really kind of work on my own ego, right? you know, to want to be able to do things for the right reason, not just because I want them for me. Um, right. Halftime actually asked me to come work with them about 10 years ago. And had I done it, I would have failed miserably because it was still too much of me in it. Mm. I would have wanted to be the person in charge or the guy on the stage or whatever it was. And 
now actually running halftime, there are two of us. We're co-CEOs. Right. And, and, and it's a great, uh, neither of us were looking for the job. Neither of us were, you know, but we felt called to take it and do it. And it's just yeah. a great relationship. And, and we try to keep ourselves out of it. Mm -hmm. And if you can, you know, so, so in doing that, I think I found a better balance. Right. Still have to work on, but, but, but at least, at least uh, I, I think I'm there. I'm guessing that. <laughs> That's right. So, and, you know, and, and again, I, I'm still very driven to do things. I still want to accomplish stuff, right? One of my perfect life metrics on how I'd like my life is to have contentment with impact. Yeah. Right. Yep. I don't want to just quit and play golf and retire, <laughs> but I don't want to be driven, you know, 120 hours a week either. So where's that balance? Right. Well, I think we're all searching for this balance. Um, yeah. and it's a very difficult task to do. Um, but, you know, lastly, just before we end, um, for our audience who might be, you know, struggling to find meaning in mm -hmm. struggling in their current work, uh, what would be your advice and what should be the next step, you think? Yeah, it's a great, it's a great question. I, I would say that the advice is, one, it's a worthy struggle. Right. You know, it, it's very easy to stop the struggle to just say either it's not going to get any better than this or I'm just going to go with the flow and, you know, yeah. make money and, you know, party with people and not care about you know, long term stuff or, or whatever it is. I, I'm just going to do what everything around me says I should do. Right. That, that, that's that you lose yourself in that. Right. Mm -hmm. Become just this you know, whatever anything else is doing. So, so one, it's a worthy struggle. And then two, back to the get clear, get free, get going, start with looking at yourself. Mm. You know, if, if you just try to get free of things, you never reach it, right? Like, like, oh, if I just get this raise, or if I just move to this city, or if I just do it, and it never comes. If you try to get going, you just change one treadmill for another. Yeah. If you really get clear on who you are, then what starts to happen is you find things that you just can't not do. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I've got to be about that. I've got to make time for this. I've got to. And, and then that's where the that's where the meaning begins, whether it's through the work you're doing or in addition to the work you're doing. Well, thanks so much, Tom, for the interview today. I think that's all the time you've got. But I'd be excited to you know invite you to come up an another time and you know wish you all the best. Thanks. Thanks. I'd love to. I appreciate the time. Would love to come anytime.